Welcome into a special edition of the Fun Astrology Podcast, celebrating the vernal spring equinox. Thomas Miller, thanks for joining us. Happy Saturday to you, or good weekend, whenever you're catching this. We're going to play a couple of excerpts from Steve Forrest's Book of Fire audiobook. This one is the favorite. I loved this when I ran across it when I was narrating this, and it was just like, oh, what a beautiful description. I've played this before, but I thought we would do it again. It's just so classic, and why not ingrain it into our brains and just have it convenient right here on the first day of spring and the beginning again of our tropical zodiac, as we talked about the other day. So this is from Steve Forrest, The Book of Fire. You must believe in spring. In the northern hemisphere, spring begins when the sun enters Aries. The vernal equinox is, in fact, the very definition of the sign. The two mean the same thing. Our western zodiac, called the tropical zodiac, is based on the seasons, not the stars. Unlike the constellation-based sidereal zodiac commonly used in India, Aries sun people born in the southern hemisphere are still 100% Aryan, so the association is synchronistic, not causal. But the springtime symbolism is evocative. Springtime, the flowers are blooming and liveliness returns to nature. Days are getting longer and warmer. How do we feel? Sap is rising. Let's dance. Let us praise the Lord for the pansies and the marigolds. Probably the squirrels and the sparrows feel something similar. That's all true, but we need to penetrate the mysteries of spring more courageously and honestly in order to get to the heart of the symbolism. Aries is a far edgier symbol than happy-faced springtime greeting cards. Maybe you step out of your front door around the vernal equinox. You hear urgent chirping. You have startled and annoyed a bird hiding in a bush. It quickly flies away, but you notice a nest. You take a peek. There are five little bluish eggs. A few days later, you step out and again hear chirping. This time, there are five baby robins crowded into the nest each one of them with its mouth wide open, demanding breakfast. Right away, with that simple springtime image, we learn something important about Aries. But the lesson is not for the faint of heart. That tiny newborn robin, unable to fly, not yet even fledged, is living in a world full of creatures that would eat it in a heartbeat. The bird has no ability to defend itself. It's only defense against this inimical, violent, antagonistic universe is another couple of birds, and they're gone most of the time. If this little robin had a brain in its head and some appreciation of the extremity of its circumstances, it would be hiding in a corner of the nest, hoping for invisibility. But that's not what we see. What we actually see is that feisty little bird, its mouth wide open, demanding a right to live in this universe. That's the spirit of the Aries clan, the sign itself, along with Mars and the first house. If Aries could speak, here is what it would say. I have a right to be here. 
If you value your life, stand back. Feed me, feed me, or I will eat you myself, or I'll die trying. Think of all the He-Man movies, such as the old ones starring John Wayne, or a Tom Cruise flick, or any of the various incarnations of James Bond. They all truly convey some of that Ares archetype, at least as it is typically represented in the astrological literature. But I prefer the image of the baby Robin. That little bird embodies the spirit of Ares far more accurately than does any testosterone-addled Hollywood star. That's because we fully appreciate the peril of the Robin's circumstances. We appreciate its raw courage in the face of a truly scary universe. Life choosing existence over surrender and extinction is the essence of the Ares clan. Let's go back to our robin's nest. A few days later, you step out of your door again to check on those five little robins. Only four of them are left. What happened to robin number five? Nothing good. The furthest thing from my mind is to sound cynical. But what we're looking at here is the actual Aryan reality of springtime. It is a time of the survival of the fittest. We see that the robin's will to live... The robin's courage will not necessarily be rewarded with survival. Of the initial five birds, it would not be too surprising if only a couple of them made it to adulthood. That is the way of nature. That is reality. It's a hard world out there. I feel a little awkward, almost apologetic, writing these words. Just like many of you, I was socially conditioned by positive thinking. I like to be encouraging. I like to drink out of the full half of the cup. But in truth, some aspects of life are very raw. The Aryan branch of the fire family is attuned to those survival truths. It is the part of you that is very good at staying alive. The larger Aryan Dharma cannot be reduced to the law of the jungle, or even less to eat or be eaten. Life is full of sweetness and healing, too. We can exchange love with each other. We can be exhilarated and uplifted by beauty, both the beauty of nature and the beauty humans are capable of creating. We can feast at the table of life, as safe as house cats, snoozing in a patch of sunlight. But to face the parts of life that are not so kind, we need to have Aries on our side. A Romance Our life and death story about our plucky robin sets the tone for these three archetypes, but our horizons are wider here. The competitive energy of the Ares clan manifests in many ways that are not directly connected to survival. Here's a situation that you have surely witnessed. In fact, many of you have played a part in it. I know I have. By the way, in what follows, please adjust my pronouns for whatever gender and sexual orientation you prefer. Two men are in love with the same woman. It is, of course, a mess. Even if everyone is trying to be of goodwill, there are no real compromises available in a situation like that. Somebody is going to win the woman's affections, and somebody is going to have his heart broken. Here's the same story told in a different way. There are two dogs and one bone. 
What happens? Only one of those dogs is going to run away happy. Contending over a partner or contending over a bone. Neither situation is like a contested inheritance or a contested apple pie. In those kinds of situations, we might come to a harmonious agreement about the exact angles of the slices. Not so in a romantic triangle. When the Aries clan is in the spotlight, it's about partners, not pies. That is simply the note Aries strikes on the synchronistic harpsichord. It resonates with situations in which compromise, however desirable it might be, is simply not a possibility. Like all astrological symbols, Aries has a dark side. We will explore that shadow dimension in detail before we are done. But for now, let's strive to emulate that little robin. Let us focus on an aim that is natural and legitimate for all beings. Survival. Maybe you have a right to that bone. Maybe the object of your affection is your soulmate. More broadly, you have a natural right to exist. You have a natural right to take up some space. You have a natural right to win sometimes. Here's the key. Sometimes you have to fight for those rights. And sometimes you've got to fight to be free. Dealing with it all. How do we deal with everything? The fire family can be summarized as astrology's answer to that pressing question. Fire keeps us strong enough to bounce back from defeat, disappointment, and the most grievous losses life can throw at us. By strong enough, I do not just mean remaining grimly determined. Fire is not about stoicism. It is about resilience. It is about how to be sincerely glad to be alive. With fire, we are talking about your happy inner animal wagging its tail. We are talking about you actually wanting to get out of bed in the morning. We are talking about libido, appetite, and creativity. How do we feed that inner fire and keep it burning? Live the message of your birth chart as a whole. That means following the highest calling of that entire great symbol, with nothing left out. If you get your birth chart right, if you are brave and wise and tuned into yourself enough to live that life, you are going to be vital right down to the core. Even better, if you have lived your life guided by those stars, you will die on your deathbed in a state of radiance. You will have lived the life you were born to live. There is no greater victory in the world than that one. That alone is enough reason to call astrology a sacred art. And the entire Elements series, the Book of Fire, Earth, Air, and Water, the books, I should say, <laughs> are all out, and you can get them on Audible and iTunes. What a great collection they are. You want to learn astrology? This is it. And you don't have to be an expert to understand what he's talking about, because just like you heard, he puts it in real daily life language, as only Steve Forrest can. Thanks so much for listening. Appreciate it. We will see you again on Monday to kick off the week on the Fun Astrology Podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.